Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. It is On The Beat. With that brings Ross Martin, Gregory Hall, and Luke Buxton. Of course, before we get started, I need you to take a second to rate us and review us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes, however you consume your podcast, and leave us a comment, you know, good or bad. I'd love to hear your feedback. It's always helpful. If you have a question, leave it in the comments. We'll get that as well. Subscribe, of course, so to deliver it to your door when these hit the airwaves from our distinguished producer, John Siegley. Also on YouTube, you can subscribe and get the Inside Carolina feed. Tons of content there, press conferences, all that good stuff. We're recording this on Monday afternoon, so as I always preface everything, anything could change given the nature of these times. But I'll start with you, Ross. Let's jump right into the basketball discussion. Anthony Harris is back from North Carolina, still has a ways to go to work himself into game shape. Um, but what does he do for this team? Yeah, I thought Anthony Harris provided an energy um, and just an activity level that UNC had not seen this year. It was almost like shocking to see how aggressive he was on offense, just bringing the ball up, attacking, getting them into their sets. Um, you know, he had three assists, which was a team high, a tied for a team high, uh, had that one drive and then uh, nailed a three all in on a plus 10, all in uh, eight minutes and 29 seconds of action. I mean, <clears throat> It's early. He only played nine minutes and really said he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be playing 20, 25 minutes anytime soon, maybe in two, three games when he gets his conditioning back. But for the perimeter and what UNC does right now, I mean, I think he just adds that energy this team lacks and that teams have had in the past, but this team just, they just don't understand that the effort, enthusiasm, and energy level they need. And, and Harris brought that. I was impressed. He, he's a great defender. Um, he, I mean, he's not a veteran. He's only played six games, but I mean, he, He's what this team needs uh, to kind of just add a different element to the backcourt with R.J. Davis, uh, Caleb Love, and Kerwin Walton, obviously getting a lot of time now as well. So I was impressed, and I think it's some it's it's, it's gonna be pretty soon before he he starts. I think I think you have to start him whenever he can get to that point of conditioning. Where, who would he replace? What do you what do you? Yeah, do you, that's a great. Would he, he go in the shooting guard role and you sub out Kerwin Leakey? What's the what's the replacement? I don't think I, he I, starts. I don't think he can start. Yeah, I mean, I could see where he doesn't start and, pl and still plays 20, 25 right. minutes. But, geez, man, I mean, he brings way more than Leaky does. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, Leaky yeah. brings – Leaky's 6'8 and does some things on defense that Anthony can't do um, and, and Leaky. But Leaky didn't shoot the ball until the second half on Saturday. Yeah, that's where I was – so I didn't – full disclosure, I didn't watch the game live. I went back and watched the condensed version. Um, I was on break for the weekend. But – just looking at when I quickly looked at Leaky's stats, I was shocked on how little, how many shot attempts he had. I mean, I'm looking now, he had three and he went four for four from three, what, last week? Yeah. 
a week and a half ago. That's right. I don't understand as far as leaky. And I don't know if I disagree with, I don't know if I agree with you with saying that Anthony Harris brings so much more than leaky because I think leaky at his best can be really good. And so can Anthony Harris. And I think them on the floor together might be the best combination of a lineup. But to your point with leaky, just not shooting the ball. Sometimes he just doesn't show up on offense and that's an issue especially when this team is looking for offense. So. And I think the way that Harris can drive and be aggressive and attacking is really good to set up Kerwin, who is a shooter. Right. You know, drive and kick. And I think you need that. I mean, Leakey probably leads a team in assists. I'm not right. I mean, he, he's had some really big assist games. He, yeah. So Leakey he, certainly yeah. distributes the ball effectively. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think, I think there's a scenario where Anthony continues to come off the bench. And I think it'd be fine, but I just think he deserves stars minutes, I guess is, is kind of what I'm trying to say. And I think he will earn them because Roy loves what he does. Yeah. The tough thing is, can he run the point? I, I mean, he's a shooting guard. I don't know if he has the ability to run the point as you know Caleb and RJ might, but I will say two things that stood out to me. And you mentioned energy. I think he also brings just like experience of what being a college guard is Two plays stood out. The first was on a two on one, where Caleb Love took it, had the pass wide open, and went for that layup, that left-handed layup that missed. And then Anthony came down, and he executed, hit the bounce pass, and they finished with the rim. Like, the juxtaposition between those two plays and kind of Caleb and the experienced Jamesy point guard versus even if Anthony Harris really hasn't played many games in the Carolina uniform, he looked like he knew what he was doing, how the system worked. He had that backdoor cut for the layup. You never see guys like Caleb or Kerwin or RJ cutting backdoor and getting open for their shots. So I think there's an extra experience yeah. that he has that he provides this team as well. I'm just I mean, not sure where he starts in this lineup. He's only played six games, but he's been with the program for, for two years now. So I mean, he's watched more Carolina basketball and been in those practices as an observer for a long period of time. Tommy, what do you think? Where do you think Harris fits in? You know, I think he's got to have major minutes when he gets there. I do agree with Roy. He's not going to come back. I mean, it would be – uh, dereliction of duty to put him out there for 25, 30 minutes right now. He, he needs to build back up, and whether his knee is good or not, he needs to get in game shape and, and game strength and all that. But I agree with you guys. The way he played in just his short amount of time this past weekend or, or when they did play Florida State, it was startling, the difference. And, and his level – and it's energy. We talk about bring energy and all that. His level of play um, versus everybody else is really what gets me. And, it, and, it, and I agree with Gregory. Leaky, when Leaky's fully engaged, he's really good. He can be really good for this team. Now, he's not going to do what he did against Miami all the time. It's just right. not going to happen. But he's got to be engaged, getting deflections, getting rebounds, and all that. And that's where I don't, that's what I think Harris will bring. Harris is not an on or off type guy. And this team is full of them. Harris is always on. And if anything, then Caleb Love and R.J. Davis can see that. Kerwin Walton as well can see that and say, hey, this is the way I've got to play if I want to play. And I think Roy rewards that, but I think Roy will be hesitant to play him major minutes. And, look, there's there's only some minutes to go around. So, Ross, uh, yeah. and we can have this discussion. I asked Michael Brooker on the post game is where do his minutes come from? Somebody got to see it if he's out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the obvious answer is is take a little from Playtech, a little from Leaky, and, and and maybe Puff really takes a backseat. Not that he's getting any sort of minutes. Um, and then honestly, you mentioned Luke. You mentioned point guard. I think Harris could play some point guard. 
I don't yeah. know how that fits in the system, but I mean, he has the, the ball skills. He pushes it, unlike Caleb or, or RJ have shown to do. I mean, he pushes the ball in offense and gets them in their system pretty quickly. And you know how with UNC's offense, I mean, anybody can bring the ball up. You know, any of the you know one through three can bring the ball up. Um, so I think he takes he could he could take some point guard minutes just as a as a reserve. So you kind of take those four players, um, those four positions, I guess. You can probably find 20 minutes there. Um, but then again, I mean, I, I like what Playtech's kind of done. He's limited. You know, right. when he goes up for those fast break layups, I mean, he's not slamming it through. And, I mean, I love the guy, but, I mean, he misses some that I think other guys can make. But uh, Playtech's played his best basketball he has, he's played in the last, uh, you know, 10 or so games. So it, it's a good problem to have. Gregory, what do you think? That's where, like, when I'm saying I don't know if if Harris can fit into the starting lineup right now because you're not going to sit Kerwin Walton, yeah, just because he's your one of your only really shooting options. I mean, Caleb Love shot six threes and was three for six, but that was the first time we've really seen that out of him um, against Florida State. So I I think it takes more if Caleb Love keeps turning the ball over the way he does. I think Anthony Harris's minutes come more from Love than they do Leaky or Playtech. And if I'm choosing between Leaky or Playtech, I think you take the minutes away from Playtech just because of the defensive approach that Leaky brings with his length. Whether whether or not he's on, he's still a problem for shooters. Um, so I, I think if Caleb Love starts trending from where he just – from this, this game against Florida State, then maybe RJ sits more. But I think the minutes come more from the point guard position because, to your point, anyone can bring the ball at one through three. And if he's showing that he can attack the primary and secondary breaks – better than love and Davis, then regardless if Roy thinks he's a point guard or not, which he said, he's more of a two guard. Then I think that's where, that's where he comes off on the bench and spells those guys. I, I don't think he's a one. And I don't, I don't think you play him at, at the one. I, I think if you do that, you kind of lose yeah. um, stuff he brings because the point guard has responsibilities getting back and all that kind of stuff. I, I think you play him at a two or at the wing spot, and, and you play him with Love or R.J. Davis. The, the issue with Playtech is, and we've talked about this a lot as well, and Luke, you can chime in here, Playtech is a matchup guy. He does not match up against a team like Florida State. Just doesn't. Okay, not many teams do. Um, but he can match up against some teams on the, on the schedule. So, you know, if you bring Harris in, I don't think it's a start. I agree with Gregor. He's not going to start. Not right now. Now, he may, but – We'll see, but how do you mix him in and who does he best mix with out there? I think, uh, you know, I think if you can get Caleb playing at a high level or at least playing hard like Harris does, then I think you got something for Roy Williams. Yeah, it will depend on a lot. You mentioned matchups in the ACC. Leaky, Playtech, and Harris bring you three totally different looks. Um, if you know, if the teams like Florida State was huge, if you need someone with more length, maybe go leaky. You know, Playtech has some options. If you can get a three point shooter on the wing and he's hitting that game, uh, again, he's also played a lot better defense this year to mention. I think the interesting thing about putting Harris at the one, I think Roy's thinking a little long term. If you're benching Caleb and you're put, taking out your two point guards, there's no development to be had there. Like, you got to develop these point guards, they're inexperienced, they need work. And the only way Roy's going to get there, if they want to be competing in March and want to have a chance to have some sort of run in the in the, um, in the tournament, you got to have these guys right. So I think if you put Harris there, bench them, that doesn't happen. The development doesn't happen. 
I would think that you see one point guard emerging and then Harris gets more time and like RJ Davis sits, so maybe Caleb sits. I also think it's interesting to mention, I'm curious who you guys takes. I don't think Caleb and RJ play well together. When they're in the game together, it doesn't seem like they have chemistry. So I think it's going to be a deal where it's, it's Caleb and Harris and then maybe Caleb comes out and it's Harris and Davis, but I don't think we're going to see too much of Caleb and RJ on the floor anymore with Anthony Harris. At the time. We didn't even see that much in Florida State. They might have played two or three minutes together the whole game. I think it's, it's become a one or the other thing now. Yeah. At point well, they're, they're both ball-heavy guys, right? They're, they're both used yeah. to having the ball in their hands. I think Harris plays off better because he moves better without the basketball, Ross. I mean, look, Roy Williams has been hesitant to – um, like Luke said, really bench his freshman because you don't want to ruin them for a good while. But I think if you had to pick one, R.J. Davis would be my natural point guard on this team and then maybe Caleb off the ball. But I, there's some debate there. Ross, what do you think? So, yeah, so one thing I wanted to kind of say is, yeah, kind of agreeing with Luke, I think Caleb and R.J. kind of had their one of their best games uh, against Florida State. So you don't want to hurt that confidence. Like you want to keep developing them. You want to keep – letting them build off this Florida State game. So to, to kind of like take a lot of minutes from one, I don't think it's a smart move. I don't think Roy will do that. He'll, he'll obviously keep playing them a lot. But you definitely keep one at the point guard and um, and build off this game. I mean, we hadn't seen Caleb make three threes yet. Um, they both scored double figures. Um, RJ didn't have a turn. RJ might have one turnover. Caleb had four turnovers and one assist. Sorry. Caleb had four turnovers and zero assists from your point guard spot. That was a little concerning. Um yeah, I, mean, I think we've touched – I mean, I don't know what else to touch on on this rotation. I think we're kind of agreeing that you have to work him in at some point. Roy mentioned today on the teleconference that he is nervous as heck every time he plays Anthony, that every time he was in there, he was nervous about him getting injured again. So it's definitely going to be a slow, slow process. We're halfway through the schedule. Um, the schedule right behind me here. I mean, there's plenty of games left um, to, to kind of bring him in. So let's see. Wake Forest State. We made by the Pittsburgh game next week. You'll see Harris getting up to like 18, 20 minutes. I think that'd be that'd be healthy. Um, just interesting to see how leaky and playtex minutes change. Let's hear your take on this. UNC, if you told us that RJ Davis shoots well, Kern Long shoots well, Caleb Love shoots well, you get great production from Anthony Harris in his minutes. Garrison has 12, Baycott 10, balance scoring, and you lose the game, right? Like where did that go wrong in, in the formula? Where did they still need to improve? To have Florida Florida State. State. Seven for 16 at the rim. Yeah, in Florida State. Yeah, Florida, yeah. Florida State, State shoots, what, 99% from free throw line. And they're really good. They're really long. And I didn't think UNC got the ball down low enough. Like, the touches, we're talking about guards, obviously. The paint touches, I thought they, they couldn't get anything down low. And I think that's partly because of what Florida State did on defense. But they have to go through a big man on every possession. Somebody has to get a touch. Right. When they did, got the high-low working. Um, some good things happen, whether that draws defenders in because they know that Dayron, Baycott, and Brooks are, are talented and they can kick it out, or you, you get some positive production from, from Baycott and those, those two guys going to the basket. Uh, that's a big concern for my the amount of post-touches, Gregory. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Kern Walton shooting the ball 13 times because, I mean, you, you want him, your best shooter to shoot the ball a lot. But I think him and Love combining for 23 shots and Brooks and Baycott combining for 11 is an issue. Yeah. Like just looking at shot volume because Garrison was three for five and Baycott was three for six and they had 21 points, but they're 12 less shots and Walton and Love have 25 points. Baycott so, on the season is 
sixth on the team in field goal attempts. And yeah, he seems issue. to have the most. I think I he's been the most improved player. Yes. He's yeah. the leading scorer. Yeah. Well, the problem is they can't feed them feed them the ball. It just seems every time they get a post yeah. position, they, it's a turnover. They can't find them. If you're going to load up the front court, you've got to have the guys in the back court who can get it into the post. And I think Harris – I think Harris might be able to do that a little better. It seems like he has just a knack for for finding the guys. We'll see. We have such a small sample size for Harris. Like we don't, we think he's really good, but do we really know yeah. he's really good? Like we'll see. But I think maybe he's a guy that can figure out how to get the ball down low because uh, Harris and Love have had trouble with that. I think Leakey's pretty good at that, and I think Playtech's good at that too. Playtech had a couple nice ones against uh, the last game they played. Look at my schedule here, Syracuse. Let's go. Best one through best lineup one through five. All right, good start, Tommy. Baycott, Brooks. So one through five. You're going backwards. <laughs> Go oh, to order. God. Uh, hey, hey, on the one. One, RJ. Okay. Okay. No, you go all your whole lineup. Okay, one, RJ. Right this second. Mm-hmm. One, RJ. Two, Kerwin. Three, Leaky, Brooks, and Baycott. Right now. Okay. Baycott, okay. Start. Okay. Um, oh. I'm going to go Caleb. I'll go Kerwin. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Leaky, but I think in two two games is Harris. And then Brooks and Baycott, and then be, bring Dayron in as a first sub. Yeah, I'll go I'll go Love. I think Love has a higher ceiling. Um, Love, Kerwin, I'll stick with Leaky. Brooks and I'll throw a curveball. I'm going Dayron. I know you guys gassing up and talking big about Baycott, but I think Dayron, he still is not polished, but I think he's just I think he's the truth. I think he's could be the best player on this team. I think that you, you he plays just as much as the other two as you just go seniority there. I mean, yeah. yeah. Dayron's awesome. I mean yeah. It's Baycott tough. Baycott shooting sixty two percent from the field. Dayron Sharp shooting 45, 49.5. Yeah. 67 from the free throw line. Uh, 60 from the free throw line. They both average 7.8 assists. I think Baycott is the most underrated guy on this team. And, and look, I like Caleb Love. I think he's could be really good. But let's be honest, he's shooting 28% from the full floor. And yeah. he's got the most shots on this team by 31 attempts. There's your, <laughs> that's why they're 8-5 and five right there. That's why they haven't beaten a really good team yet right there. Now, I said, our, I said Caleb to start. Because RJ as I well, think, by the way. I think care it's about a, my opinion. I think it's a confidence thing for Caleb, and if you take him out, that's going to mess with his confidence, and I think it's worth at least giving him the starting title and, and then playing RJ just as much. But I just think he's a five-star, and, and you know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if necessarily starting lineup, but I was just saying, like, best lineup on the floor, in my opinion, is Davis, Walton, Leakey, Dayron, and Baycott. On the floor. I think Baycott and Day. Well, I think Baycott, I think Armando and Daron on the floor together is a better combination than Garrison with one of them too. Just because with Baycott at the rim, he's highly effective. And then Daron's ability to get offensive rebounds, I think is when they're the best at the rim. Is Garrison maybe a better player? Yeah, probably at times. But I just think those two together on the floor – and then Walton's ability to get it inside is improved. And then to I'm agree I'm agreeing with everything Tommy's saying about RJ. I think he is a more common collective player. Does he have his turnover issues too? Yes. 
But, I mean, looking at just the missed layups and missed chances at the rim, and this wasn't just Caleb Love, but, I mean, he's one for four two-point attempts against Florida State. And I think I'd rather have one of the bigs attempt a shot at the rim than Love driving and taking a selfish layup or runner or floater. Like, that is so frustrating to watch when he drives into a crowded paint with his two teammates and then the two defenders, and he's literally shooting a ball with four people in front of him out of control that's why i'm rj yeah this is why this season screwed up for these guys and and you almost feel bad for them is because and, and they talked about it ad nauseum but it's still the case they're not used to playing college basketball yet and florida state has got grown men across the whole um, across their whole roster and you've got caleb and even dayron i mean look at Dar- garrison brooks for that matter i mean one rebound against florida state i mean that's come on these guys, the freshmen aren't used to it. That is why Anthony Harris is so important, I think, because he's used to it. Even though he's only played six games, he did not look a bit in awe or hesitant or nervous when he got out there. And I think that's why this guy's return is important to North Carolina. And, and sometimes you can learn by sitting. Um, you know, they say the bench is the best motivator. I agree about Caleb. I think he, he needs to be managed um, probably easier and better than RJ does as far as mentally. But at some point, you got to get it. It's got to click. And, you know, Carolina's eight and five looking at a, a winnable, what, three game stretch, Ross? You got scheduled there behind you. Yeah, but you after got, that, uh, Wake Forest, State, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame. Yeah, that's good. After that, you know, they got to win ball games. And at some point, feelings have to translate into production mm, and we'll go. see how Roy Williams handles it. I think Champagne could be a problem for this team though. When we're just looking at that schedule with Pittsburgh coming up. <laughs> Is that Champagne? Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh preview here. Three weeks I'm away. just saying, <laughs> you, right. brought, you, you mentioned it. Uh, one last thing. I can't believe Black didn't even score. Leaky Black didn't even score. I didn't know that. I'm looking he at it now. In, he was in he foul scored. trouble though, wasn't he? Uh, he had four fouls, 20 minutes, zero points, 0 for 3. Uh, the field four rebounds three assists dude he's got i mean you've got to score i mean it's just so tough having your starter not score you know yeah. you've got to hit at least hit one or two threes and a couple baskets maybe get eight points a game to be you know to, to earn that starting spot and i'm just in it kind of crazy we all had walton in there which is really so but the beginning of the season there were thoughts that you know he may be in there for just five minutes a game here and there and he's he's one of UNC's best scorers now by far I could Absolutely. also see Leakey being a Draymond Green type player for this team and only getting two points a game, but having like three steals, four blocks, 10 rebounds, 11 blocks. You take that all day, though. That is- yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I take that all day. I think his motor needs to be higher. I don't, I don't necessarily think he needs to be the guy to score because I don't think he's that great at it. He's shown glimpses. I think he just needs to be in, in, like how Anthony got brought in and this team elevated their game. And the same way Draymond did it for the Warriors when they were the peak Warriors. I could see Leakey having the same role. He's athletic. He's big. He's shown the ability to pass the ball. I think he needs to crash the boards more and put up those kind of stat lines. I don't think he needs to get 10, 11 points a game. He's not the natural scorer. He can take nah. his shots and score when he needs to, but I don't think he needs to be taking guys off the dribble and, and hit and pull up jumpers. Yeah, he's this not the natural It would be, be nice if he could, though. Yeah, of course, obviously. Nice any, any points he scores is gravy, but this is something you guys need to ask the players and you need to ask Roy Williams is how difficult is it to get a guy to realize how important he could be if he never scores a point? Bryce Johnson used to – if he started off hot, 
and when he was a freshman through junior year, when Bryce started off hot, you had a guy that was going to play that game. But if he missed two or three shots, he didn't do a thing the rest of the night. And for Leakey and Garrison, for that matter, these guys got to realize that even when they're not scoring, they are helping. And Roy Williams specifically mentioned Kessler against NC State. If you remember in the first half of that game, Kessler didn't scratch the scoring column, but made a huge difference. And that's why I guess it's tough to watch at times when you see upperclassmen that are when the ball doesn't go in the basket, they're not giving you a lot else. And Luke, to your point, if Leakey averaged five points a game, eight rebounds, um, four, five, six assists, and a couple blocks, you take that all day. Okay, sure. All day. Can we talk about Walker? Walker, real quick. Should we do a, a read, Tommy? Yeah, do it. I'll let you do it, Ross. You seem to be a Johnny t shirt, sweatshirt guy. Just trying to keep us on schedule here. All right, man, it's whew, it's getting cold outside, and when it gets cold outside, I throw on a sweatshirt. Got one here. I can't wear it for press conferences, but I'll wear it for the uh, podcast. Giant T-shirt, sweatshirt, uh, giant T-shirt, and giantt-shirt.com is your one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel. Right on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com, and all Inside Carolina subscribers get ten percent off with your uh, your ten percent off discount code found for premium subscribers. Johnny T-shirt and giantteacher.com. They have T-shirts, jerseys, soccer, baseball, football, basketball. Get the new um, navy blue trimmed Mac Brown 90s football jerseys. I'm sure they have those. Uh, stickers, posters, trinkets, anything you need for uh, the, 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 the tailgate at home, your office, your house. Great for gifts. you got a lot of birthdays coming up. A lot of birthdays in January and February if you time it nine months out. Because of summer, summer loving, Gregory. Uh, read a book. And um, you got Valentine's Day coming as well. Read a book? Yeah. Had to, had to teach Gregory about the birds and the bees there in nine months. Uh, yeah, giant t shirt, giant t-shirt.com. Check it out. You're a one stop shop for all you and They support us, allows us to use podcasts. So please support them and use the 10% off discount code for inside Carolina subscribers. Tommy? Yeah, let the national guys pay the bills. We'll be right back on On the Beat. That's Ross Martin, Luke Buxton, uh, the young Gregory Hall, the apprentice Padawan. Luke. And I'm host Tommy Ashley. We'll be right back. Luke's younger. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Uh, (laughs) All right, boys, we are back with On The Beat Podcast, recording Monday afternoon. Ross Martin, Luke, Gregory, and Tommy Ashley. Gregory, I believe you wanted to talk about Mr. Walker Kessler. I'll let you lead it off. Yeah, um, eight minutes, and he hasn't really played that much more since that stretch against the state game. And I saw people, when I was scrolling through Twitter, complaining or being like the stretch between when Walker and Puff were in the – where in the game was probably one of UNC's worst. And I just kind of wanted to get y'all's opinion on Roy's intent to constantly play Walker and Puff together. Cause I don't, I've seen that a lot and I don't know if that, I don't one I don't really understand why that might be the case other than they're both in the same spot conditioning wise. But I mean, that was a long time ago that they missed those games and they should be back. And they, I think it'd be best to play them independently which he does obviously do sometimes, but playing them together as often as they do hurts this team and it doesn't help them at all. Hence why I don't think either of them are getting a lot of minutes. What are y'all's thoughts? Is, is, it a, is it a matter of just kind of how the rotation works when they just try to rest some guys and they kind of bring in the next, I mean, I don't I know. Mean, I haven't maybe, noticed that, but I'm sure. Change I, I, it. Yeah. They're just, I mean, Kessler, he is, I was really impressed with what he did in the first couple games at times. He had just so many kind of flash moments. But um, he's just a little just not ready for ACC play in terms of his speed and quickness and strength. It just seems he's a, he's a touch behind. And, look, you got three guys in front of you that are way better, way more productive. Um, you play – I would hope that Roy plays him when he can, but when it's a liability for the team. I mean, you, you just got to – this is kind of a, a red shirt year in terms of just kind of preparing yourself, getting stronger, getting faster, becoming more comfortable – with everything that's needed, and then you know, hopefully next year you kind of take that big step. But um, I haven't seen much from him recently that really makes me want to want, to, right. want him to play more. I, you know, normally in a normal Carolina basketball season, you'd have games, and this goes back to what I mentioned earlier. You'd have games where they win by a lot, and a lot of guys get some minutes. You get mop up minutes. There's no comparison, or no, um, you can't get experience like Sherelle said without being inexperienced first so I think what Roy Williams is doing here is trying to steal minutes for these guys somehow some way and it's been a detriment you know against a team like Florida State any stealing of minutes is going to result in getting whipped um, in however short period of time so I think that's what he's trying to do you can't not play them because next year they're going to have to be a part of the team I do think there's a valid discussion, though, and Luke, you can chime in on how you mix them in. You know, in a normal year, Walker Kessler wouldn't get a second on the floor with Carolina with the bigs they have. 
but I think this year Roy is trying his best to to get some because he's looking at needing this guy next year. And I think he's shown flashes, but I agree with what you said, Ross. He's not ready. Luke, what do you think? Yeah. You know, I go back and forth, and I think the, the Walker Kessler hype train starts and stops a lot this season. Like, there was that one game after State. I think another one, I can't remember which one it, which one it was, where everyone was saying, this is our next guy. This is – he's the truth. And then he goes back. I think that's expected with um, – he's, he's, he's skilled. He's, he's talented. He just looks very young. So does Puff. So I think it's – yeah, it's a matter of mixing him in with the right guys. Put him in when you know he won't be a liability. I think when you put him in and surround – like whatever that lineup was with Puff, I don't necessarily think it's like let's blame Walker for, you know, his lack of talent. I think it's – okay, no one's going to do that well in this lineup. Like this is just an inexperienced poor lineup by UNC. If you put him in with the right guys, maybe combine him and Mondo or him and Garrison – you're going a little smaller, maybe maybe put in Anthony Harris. Like I think they're good slots and when he will do really well. And then you put him in some lineups and he does pour. Um, so it's about finding when you can put him in and you really need him to play a, a lot more um, than just, you know, being on the bench the whole game. I think Tom, you hit the nail on the head. You want to get that experience um, and you just got to find those pockets when you can. I think Roy's continually continuing to experiment to find uh, the best times to put him in. It's four bigs too much. Four bigs that expect that, that folks are expecting to play solid minutes, I think, is a little much. Like, but do you think with the rotation of like spelling guys, do you, like do you think Walker coming in and being that fourth guy? Do you think it's necessary to spell Baycott, Sharp, and Brooks as far as rest wise, or is it or is better to just put Leaky at the floor at the four if you don't want to? Like, that's my question: Is it better to have Leaky at the four and play small? to rest two bigs at a time than to put Kessler in right now. It's a good point. And I think it's on the similar lines of when uh, Fedora did the two quarterback rotation with Trubisky and Williams. And it was like, just let some guy get in his groove. I think sports is all about getting in your groove, getting somewhat of confidence and then being in the game. So I, I think I kind of contrary to what I just said, I think that's a great point. Like if you said you two are the guys, you know, you three are the guys and you need to be productive for us because you are our option. And then getting more reps and kind of getting in that groove, I don't know, maybe that works. What happens, Gregory, and I agree, Leakey's probably the better option now. But what happens um, if two or three guys get COVID or two guys get COVID and they're out and Kessler's got to play and he's only played, you know, two minutes a game to this point? So then are you saying that that's why – to get Walker Kessler at least eight minutes just so that he's in the game enough. Is that, is that what you, is that your point there? My point is Roy Williams is trying to get him experience in any way he can. So if he's needed to be called on from a larger role, he can. I, I would think that that has a significant part of the decision-making there. Ross, what do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I think playing a little bit is fine. I mean, he hasn't played more than 10 minutes not, twice. Yeah. Yeah, he's shown it. I mean, I mean but he's shown flashes where you're like, all right, this guy should play more. But I think the opposite has been um, – happens has happened more. So, I think what he's kind of playing now, spot minutes here and there is fine. I mean, Puff, another thing. I don't think Puff necessarily hurts the team. I don't think it's far to say we had an awful stretch. But he's got to right. make a shot or two if, if he wants to earn those minutes. He hasn't – I mean, when's the last time he scored? I don't even remember. He's not playing he much hit. at all. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, he hasn't scored since Notre Dame. 
Didn't he hit no. his first three? Yeah. And now he's one for nine. Uh, he hit his, yeah, he first, hit his first three against College of Charleston, and he hasn't made one since. For, he hit his first college shot, which was yeah, which was a three. It's crazy. He's missed eight. In the um, I, I don't I don't mind the idea of going having three big man rotation, and then also kind of here and there going small with Leaky at the four. I don't I don't like I don't mind that because. Then you can get play, you know, Harrison. Yeah, that's fine. Three. If you have Leaky at the four, then you can play Lover, Davis, Walton, Harris, and Leaky, and then just yeah, it kind of gives up space inside, but, and you might be able to get more entry passes that way. Yeah, so but would I just you think prefer? These big men are so good that that'll be hard to sure. hard to do. Would you prefer Gregory that Roy Williams did the Coach K way, which is uh, play four guys or, or five guys thirty five minutes. No, but I do think nine is maybe too – like nine or ten is too many because, I mean, we're – this majority of this podcast has been us trying to figure out the best lineup where if you only have six or seven guys, then that's not the case. I don't know, five for 35 minutes, but I think – I mean, if you got – if you at least had two guys that were averaging 30 minutes that you could rely on the whole time, I think that would be better than I, I constantly rotating so. at nine or ten. What does Florida State do? Leonard Hamilton constantly plays 10 guys 15, 17, 20 minutes a day a game. So, I mean, there's different ways to do it. The problem is, is like Luke talked about, like we mentioned, is, and this is why the plus minus deal is not a great stat to look at. You put Kessler and Puff Johnson in there with uh, Leakey and um, two other guys that you can't score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going, you're going negative every time. So, right. I mean, that's why Roy Williams gets paid the big bucks. I do think he's trying to work these guys in. Um, and looking at minutes, he's close to what I said with having guys in the third. I mean, Leakey and Garrison, who we know Roy trust, trusts the most, regardless of numbers, Leakey's averaging 29 and a half minutes. Garrison's averaging 28 and a half. Caleb and RJ are each averaging 26, and then the numbers fall off. I think Armando and Armando only averaging 22.7 minutes is an issue, and I don't really understand – where that is sometimes it gets into foul trouble sure um like looking at total fouls but he's only fourth on the team in total fouls i mean garrison commits way more fouls than armando does which is why i have armando and dayron is my best big combination on the floor but i don't know it's you mentioned Leonard hamilton playing 10 guys for 15 17 minutes and they also run a press Right, they they play really hard high intensity defense and on offense it looks like it that's the same thing. That's my difficulty with the UNC team. I think it's kind of like you got to found, find a balance of both. You're either playing a lot of guys and you're, you know, sending them, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can say the term I was going to say um, for this 40 podcast, minutes of hell. But yeah, you know, just like the BCU old shock of smart style. And I, we don't really see that. So it's like a weird balance of, okay, continual rotation. No one's getting in a groove, but we have a lot of guys. We have a lot of fresh legs, but no one's really like, we don't see a lot of like traps and kind of. It just feels all or the tempo like, on offense. Um, like if, if this team was running the way Roy wants them to run, then yeah, you're gonna spell you. You're gonna rotate guys in and out more because they're running so much. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's just a weird balance of like they're not really running that much, but rotating all the time. I don't know. I think that's like that's what makes Leonard Hamilton teams good is you play all those guys because they're putting the press on because they're you know giving you defensive hell. And then Coach K teams is they're just they're getting in the groove. They're high productive scores. Like I feel like this UNC team just doesn't have that identity, and they're trying to find one, and they're kind of lost between the two. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And for the record, 40 Minutes of Hell came from Arkansas and Nolan Richardson. That right there just makes me feel old, Luke, that you attributed it to Shaka Smart. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't Arkansas teams of 94 yeah, and 95. Either. Yeah, it was probably before y'all's time. Ross, give us one more topic, man. I'm going to put you on the spot. One more topic? One more topic to discuss here on, on – well, Let's go team. into football. Um, is that all right? Yeah, we can shift gears. A lot of guys Yeah, so the um, – yeah, we have all the uh, 12 early enrollees move in on Saturday. Ty Chandler has arrived per sources. So Ty Chandler, the running back transfer from Tennessee, is on campus and will go through, you know, all your uh, you know, January, February conditioning and, and spring practice that starts in, I think, March, spring games in April. Um, so you have an injection of talent. You're seeing – I'm putting together an article that will come out this week, hopefully, about kind of all the roster movement. You had a bunch of players leave. This injection of young talent, especially on defense. Uh, you had Ra Ra Dilworth come in, Javari Ritzy, Keyshawn Silver. You have Kedrick Bingley Jones now, who's getting healthy, and uh, Power Eccles, Dontavious Nash, DeAndre Boykins. You have kind of the studs from the 2021 class on campus now with the other classes. And then Ty Chandler, kind of that one piece I think UNC needed was a, a dynamic running back. Hopefully, um, for the UNC fans, Ty Chandler can be that type of player. Um, that's what we got right now. So it'll be interesting to see the rotations. We see it running back, I think, in the spring because they're not going to play four running backs. You're going to play two, maybe three running back by committee. And I have bought a bunch of options. Caleb Hood is also the name that uh, many people think the freshman uh, quarterback from Richmond County, who's me playing running back at UNC, see how he figures in. He might be the guy who, who takes some snaps at running back. So, I don't know, Gregory, you're a big football guy. What do you think about Ty Chandler? Uh, I knew coming into this offseason that UNC was going to go out and grab a running back. When I was going through looking at who was in the transfer portal, Ty, Ty Chandler wasn't necessarily a name that I thought would be the best to go grab. And I don't know necessarily if who UNC reached out to or who they were looking for. But upon watching his tape and former IC intern John Bowman posted a a video and called him mini Javante Williams. I think that might be a, <laughs> might be a little bit of a stretch, John, if you're listening to that, listen to this, but I don't know. I think he could fit in well. He was successful at Tennessee. I mean, he was averaging, I think career is 4.9 yards per carry. And he is a, one of those guys that's looking for contact and driving through it. Um, so I think obviously he saw what UNC's running backs did under Robert Gillespie and got excited and figured UNC would be a great fit. And I think it is a good fit. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what he could do. Um, it's going to be hard to replace of course. Javante and Michael. And I, think, I don't think they will. And but. I, I hope us and fans don't have these extremely high expectations to put oh, them yeah. on Forget channel. That. Forget that. Those expectations are going to be there. And they're it's ridiculous to even put them on people. But they're, they're, they're going to be the expectations of this guy. Sure, like, but 15, I mean, 1,300 yards should might be a little – returning much returning your whole offensive line too so yeah see if it's a plug, plug and play type deal luke it's also important to mention you look at his stats i mean you have to do a thousand yard backs with with mike and javante and then you look at his stats and it's you know 630 653 456 in the last three years and you're like okay that's a huge solid downgrade but then you're thinking he's playing for tennessee who's playing against alabama texas a&m georgia Auburn, like he's playing against SEC defenses with a chopped liver Tennessee offensive line. <laughs> now you get, now you get a, a returning offensive line, 
you get to play against, you know, like Wake Forest and Virginia and Virginia Tech now, good programs, but nothing to the caliber that Chandler's running against. And also, I think it's good to mention that Chandler's a great pass protector. So if he's able to establish that veteran leadership, sit in the pocket, pick up blocks for Sam, and he can also go out of the back. He averaged 111 yards or he averaged 6.9 yards receiving last season. Um, yeah, he has good hands. He can get out in the flag, catch balls from Sam Howell. I think he's the perfect back. Uh, for this mm, offense. That's so, a good point. I didn't think about think the receiving. Just the veteran. They just need a veteran guy who can – I mean, he's, he's okay. I mean, he's a good SEC running back. He's going to be okay. And I think the fact that he's a veteran presence, they, they kind of need that guy. And they just need another body because I'm sure they expected Javante to be back, you know, yeah. going into the kind of depth chart stuff. So they need a body. They got a body. Um, and we'll see. I think it's what they needed. I don't think they're going to – I don't think there's any other position they really Who's need. Who's going to be number two? Uh, I think the defense – DJ will be Josh. I think it'll probably be Hood. Hood? That's Hood. something I was going to ask you guys. Is DJ's hurt too, so DJ's going to have not. I, I think spring. I think it'll be Hood. I think Hood will win that spot. Well, I, I can tell you this: just from seeing Richmond County, uh, Caleb Hood is a monster, and, right. and that was as a high school yeah. kid. So he'll get that strength and conditioning. But this is what I was going to ask, and I ask specifically you, Luke: is how does Chandler fit in? You've got these guys that have bided their time behind Michael and Javante. Um, guys like Josh Henderson and, you know, British Brooks is a walk-on. I understand that. So he doesn't have any expectations. But how do you bring a guy – you've been sitting, you've watched these guys go, and then you bring a new guy in to sort of – to jump in in front. That has got to be tough, especially with DJ Jones missing – likely missing spring, I guess. But, you know, how does it mix in? Because I think that part of it is – Mike Brown wouldn't have brought him in if he didn't fit in the running back room. That just yeah. wouldn't happen. But how, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, I think Mac Brown has made it clear that the best player is going to play on the field. I mean, look at Sam Howell. He comes in, Jace and uh, – and, um, Cade Ford. And, yeah, Cade Ford and are primed to be the next spot. He gets a flip, and he's starting day one. Tony Grimes overtook, you know, the spot of Patrice and whatnot. I don't think Mac has any reservations of – you know, you've been here, you get a title, you know, to the spot. Obviously, it's different since these guys are grad transfer versus freshmen. But I think Max made it very clear that you're going to compete on the field. Whoever wins the spot is going to get the spot, and we're going to be behind, you know, every single play. So, I think it's going to be a competition. I don't think he's going to come in and say, you're, you know, RB1 from, from day one. It's going to be who's going to win. Josh, do you have what it takes? You know, Caleb, Camaro, like, it's going to be a competition. But Ty probably has the upper hand right now. This is oh. Johnson County YMCA, you know? <laughs> this, is, this is college football. Johnson County YMCA uh, is no blood, no foul, man. We didn't need refs. We just – This is not parents complaining about playing time. This is – that's <laughs> players going to play. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, parents still does really well. Like, you had no beef with – you know, you looked at the, every, you know, press conference. Mike and Javante all talked about how happy they were for each other to get a touchdown after the long runs or more, more carries. I think he culture. does such a good job of building this kind of family culture that you compete, it's ruthless, but best man wins and people accept it and root for each other. Ross, last question. Any surprise they didn't bring in a defensive lineman? I, I kind of thought maybe those two Clemson guys might be in Carolina Blue, at least one of them this year, but are yeah. they satisfied with just a running back? Uh, yeah, I think they're fine at, at – um... They would have brought – this is what Don told me. They would have brought in somebody if he was willing to be a rotation, rotational player because I think they got the pieces they need with Ravo Hasek, 
uh, Tamari Fox, Miles Murphy was playing 30 plus reps. He's going to be a big time player next year. Clyde Pender was up to that kind of 25 rep level. Um, and then Kedrick Bingley Jones, and you got the, the five-star Keyshawn Silver and Javari Ritzy. Um, I think Julio Taylor kind of took a step. He got surpassed by Miles Murphy, but I, I think they have the bodies. So if they were going to bring in somebody, I don't think they could have offered him tons and tons of reps. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what those guys can do. And tomorrow, um, Tamon Fox back, who's essentially right. a defensive end in this defense. So and uh, Tyron Hopper, I mean, right. he's back too. So they only lose, uh, don't lose anybody. Rara Dilworth is another guy that is listed as a linebacker, but he's more that Tamon Fox role. I feel like when he can line up on the line, play the two stance, the three stance, things like that. So, well, he's also he's like two hundred pounds though. So yeah, he's a little small. I think he's gonna play. Uh, he'll be a, he'll be like a linebacker safety hybrid. More you think so? Side. You gotta listen yeah. to Scoot podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, he's he he'll do he's a gonna, lot. Of he's stuff. gonna put on weight. I mean, coming to college, I mean, yeah, yeah he's, he's gonna do a lot of stuff. He he will rush the passer, correct? But I think he's more of a he's more of a pure linebacker than he is a defensive end. Uh-huh. I mean, they all. I mean, you have all linebackers line up there at some point. True. Yeah, I'm most excited about Ra Ra and Jaquarius Conley and how Jay Bateman uses them. What about power? Yeah, I mean, I assume he's gonna be good. I mean, you gotta get. There's a depth chart here with Eugene Asante and and um, Kadri Jackson, of course, uh, Gimmel. So, yeah, the power and room looks good. Power and Eccles, power and uh, Rod Rod are the linebackers of the future, but it's hard mm-hmm. to just step in. Are you guys ready to cover the hype? I mean, it's gonna be ridiculous. I create the hype. You create the <laughs> hype. Yeah. That's all I did the off season. You just gotta hype it up. Click, yeah. click, click this. Click that. <laughs> great point we got anything else we good everybody good here yeah yep, all good appreciate it yeah it's been fun guys it's yes. been on the beat podcast inside carolina.com sponsored by johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com and of course support them and get 10 percent off your order gregory hall luke buston ross martin i'm tommy ashley it's been on the beat thanks boys see you thanks guys thanks for listening to another podcast from inside carolina.com Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.